1: We're looking at the deity of Christ, that baby in a manger that we celebrate this time every year. Join us, truth for today, with Pastor Phil Howard. It's coming right up. The deity of Christ. It's very important that we understand that that is God in the manger. Oh, he's as much man as if he weren't God, but he is also as much God as if he weren't man. So why is it so important that we remind ourselves this time every year that that baby in a manger really is God? Well, that's what we're talking about today, here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Welcome to the program. Here's Pastor Phil as we continue our look at the deity of Jesus in John chapter 1.
2: If I told you to go and find me a house, uh, which one would that be? Well, how would you know what to look for? You look for something that has the nature, the quality, the makeup of a house, right? Because you're emphasizing character, nature, not a particular one. So he says, the word was God as to his nature and to his quality. He's emphasizing that this one has the quality of being God. Well, let's keep on. So number one, he's an eternal being. Number two, he's given the title of word. Number three, he's on equal footing with God. Number four, he's... being called, he is God. So he just comes out and says that. Now, watch this. I emphasize he's co-eternal. And let's make, um, well, verse 2, notice. He was at the beginning with God. Now, when you read God, it'd be good if you'd idea. Who, okay, if he, the word, was God, who is, who is this one he was with? He was in the beginning with God who? God the Father. Don't read verses just say God. Anybody can talk to you about God. The devil could talk all day about God. There's nothing sacred about God unless you talk about the triune God. And then you say, and you hear this all the time, thank you, Father, for dying for me. Is that true? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Well, it seemed to matter to them, the son. Or like, hear this, uh, Jesus, I want to talk to you in prayer. And Jesus, if he could talk back, he said, well, I told you to address the father. Come on, Jesus, I just want to talk to you. Well, you can, but I told you to say our father. Well, I just say, Jesus, Lord, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. He said, you're not praying the way I taught you. I told you to say father. Why don't you? Did he teach us how to pray? And so, when you see a passage, he, the Word, was existing in the beginning with one who was called God, and this person is God the Father. And notice this about this one the babe is the agent of creation. All things were made by him, through him. It's a Greek word that means the agency. He was the agent of all creation. The Father was the source. The Son was the agent by which he created. Colossians 1, 15 through 18 said he created everything. He holds everything together by the word of his power. Uh, he, see, when the Hebrews talked about God, I'm talking about the creator God. We don't talk much about creator We run to Calvary. We run to redemption language. But maybe we ought to include, I'm talking about the one and only creator. Maybe we've been so brainwashed by science and evolution that we don't think of creation. Oh, that's debatable. It's not if you believe the Bible. Look what it says. This one called the Logos. All things were made through him as the agent. And without him was not anything made that was made. Who created everything that had a beginning? God the Son, God the Word. Now, if I just gave you two uh, paradigms for creation, our kids going to college, and they're going to be bombarded with the atheistic uh, non- Creator view. Let me tell you, the two broad strokes, two broad strokes, simplified, there's basically two views. There's the non-God view, non-God view, and the God view. Okay? Among evolutionists, there's all kinds of views. There's those that believe Big Bang Theory, some that don't. There's those that believe in the amoeba out of the pond uh, view way back. That there's different views, but the basic tenet is impersonal beginning. In a Phil Johnson that used to teach at Boat Law School in Berkeley, wrote a book talking about Darwin, he, says, he basically said, "I believe in creative design. There is a designer behind the design." And so when he would go out and debate, he wouldn't take on people that were atheists by any logic. He says, does anything that is uh, uh, created and have design, and they'd often use the watch or let's take a computer. Uh, is it right? Is it logical for me to think something intelligent, it seems to me like, made something like this? Or would I just say, it just happened? Now, it took millions of years, but it happened. Wait, wait, wait. no, I think somebody used to be, used to live in Switzerland, but now they live everywhere. Uh, I don't, I don't think you can make a watch or an eye. Is an eye an accidental uh, creation? Rebecca was just playing me on her phone. They've recorded sunflowers, sunflowers. They've recorded them singing to each other. The woman's in her garden, and she's got the equipment to record it. So that who in the world can create sunflowers that can sing? So we go back impersonal. And so with impersonal beginning, you have to have time. You have to have chance. Chance. Because there's no design, there's no architect. You need matter, and you need a whole lot of faith. Guys who wrote a book, I'm not smart enough to be an atheist. I don't have enough faith. Because the other model is a creating power, a being with intelligence, power, and ability to make created all that's been created. And he didn't need billions of years. He could speak and things can happen. And so with him, we've got a a real creator. All things that began go back to him. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He can speak into existence in six days. What evolution takes billions of years because of who he is. He's all-powerful. And he doesn't, and, and aren't you, I just saw a Nova a documentary here the other night on the planets and a little bit. And, and you know, the guy just, just goes right along. He thought, this happened 3 billion years ago. Just like that. I thought, how do you know? Where did you come up with 3 billion? Don't tell me about carbon-14. 14. Carbon-14 14, doesn't go past hardly 5,000 years Don't tell me you have a picture of Kodak hadn't been born. Don't tell me about your microscope. All of it is speculation. And what you want to really be sure to eliminate, there's nobody back there. And he said, here, all things were made through him. Because he was in the beginning before anything began, I was there. And I made everything that's been made. Our God is the creator God that shrunk to a babe in Bethlehem. The infinite became an infant. He shrunk himself small enough to live in the uterus of a Jewish girl. Amazing. 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 In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's keep on. The babe is the agent of all creation. Now the babe brought life and light. This is the theme of John's gospel. And what he's saying here... uh, Older theologies, using the Latin term, used to say Christ had a seity. He was self-existent, the uncaused beginner, the uncreated beginner. He was life. And then John, a favorite term he uses is the life and light. What is light? Light reveals. Light exposes. Here he was God's life that he wants to share with us. And when he came, it was manifested to all the world. And even though they didn't believe it, they couldn't put it out. They couldn't overcome it. The light still shines. And why was he called the life? God told Adam and Eve, when you sin, you will die. You can sin, but the wages of sin is death. He came to a world dead to God, a world that had said, we would rather eat the fruit than live. I want a moment's fix, even if it kills me. And the whole race has been dying, because in Adam all die. So he came to a graveyard of humanity, and guess what shows up? He said, life just visited the cemetery of humankind. I've come that you might have light, and I will put it on display for I will be as a light. I am the light of the world john eight twelve I am the light now you know it's marvelous god's word as you keep reading it he says he wants to share this life with sinners who will believe in christ i I shared how that uh, i often was bugged by second Peter one four who says that we become partakers of the divine nature Uh, now listen to that you have become a partaker of the divine nature uh have any of you been omnipotent lately well you didn't partake of that uh what about omniscient you say man i just cry if i pass the test i don't know everything well how did you get in on the divine nature some say some uh uh faith and prosperity, preachers, <clears throat> they said that you become gods. Have we become gods when we become born again? We take on God's nature. Why is it we become partakers of God's nature? How, is, that, is that blasphemy? Peter said it. How, how, do you, how do you partake in God's nature? You partake in his life. Eternal life is God's divine nature. And he came, Jesus said, Take me and I'll plug you into something about God that's called eternal life. He that has the Son has eternal life. We share one thing about God, his life, from death to life in Christ. If you weren't sleepy, you could actually amen that. And get happy. But don't don't get rattled. The eggnog is waiting. The truths we could set uh, that you are partaker of the divine nature. Is that not amazing? I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Well, the babe was witnessed by the greatest prophet who ever lived. Matthew eleven eleven. Jesus said, my cousin is the greatest prophet that has ever lived. That's what he said about John the Baptist. And John said, I'm not him. The rest of John 1. Discuss. He said, I came to bear witness he's the right one. The, this babe, my cousin, is the right one. He is. He, he's greater than any of the prophets. He's not Elijah, he's not Moses. He said, and I can't even untie his shoes. I'm not worthy to have anything, I'm a stupor. I baptize in water. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. There's one greater than me. So he knew the one to be born in Bethlehem, the one that was born there six months later than John. He said, this is no ordinary baby. This is the prophet that was prophesied all the way through Scripture. This is God the Son, God the Word, God the Eternal, God the Creator, God the infinite is stepping in time and space to save us, to bring us life. Well, he says the response, the mixed response, that when he came to the world, it was quite a disappointing response. Isn't it amazing out of 7 billion people on the face of the earth today, how many believe and how many don't? How many people do you think at 2,000 years have believed Jesus was the life of God? God must not be in love with numbers or else he would have saved everybody. I can't explain why he hasn't saved except he gives man his stubborn wishes. Adam, I really made paradise for you to enjoy it, but your stubborn heart will choose to die. God doesn't want your kids to go to hell, but he'll let them go if they want to reject his son. Is that astounding? He'll let you go. God is not a cosmic rapist that he forces himself. His spirit alone can make you want his son. And if you don't want Jesus, God says, I'll give you what you want. But you won't like it because I've got to banish you from Jesus. But he said he came and his own hometown rejected him. The Jews rejected him. And then he said, hey, those who did come to him, it's not a result of their genealogy. It's not a result that dad wanted sex, and the wife got pregnant. It's not a result of a husband's will. That wants a posterity. We want to have children to keep the family name. He said, those who accepted him were born of God, not of bloods. It's not a physical thing to know God. It's a divine thing. You must be born from above. He finally says, this one will be born in Bethlehem. The Logos will be take on flesh. He'll be human. And that we'll look at next week as we look at his humanity. But this is what we're celebrating. I I don't need a calendar to say Christmas. I don't need a calendar to say, oh, by the way, you need to remember Easter. Oh, forget Easter. That's a pagan name, pagan holiday. How often do I need to be reminded Jesus is alive? Every day. I'm saved by a living Savior every day, and I don't need the calendar to tell me what day Easter is going to pop up. That's for the kids and to buy little plastic eggs to rot their teeth. No, 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 no. Uh, the, the, the world and, and the Roman calendar doesn't set the event, He has been born. Even secular historians know that, but they don't know who was born. You can say the creator was born, one who existed before anything began. He who took on the name of word because he expresses the father's thinking in mind. He who is called God himself. He that John said, it's him, it's not me. Him that if you receive him, you get God's life. He who brought the life of God. God the Son, eternal life showed up in a manger. And the rest of his ministry was, let me get you out of the darkness of sin. Let me get you out of the death of sin. I am the way back to paradise. I am the way, the only way you can know God Get eternal life. Have all your sins forgiven. And let's go back how I planned this thing from the beginning. But sin ruined it. If you're being ruined by sin, and we all have been, you need a Savior. You need someone that can give you life. Somebody that can forgive you. He's on duty. He's on duty. He's alive right now. He will accept you right now. For those who receive him, who believe on his name... He will give you the privilege and the right to become a child of God. Have you ever received him? Have you ever received him? You can do it right now. It, it won't be good enough that your mama was a Christian. Not good enough that you were raised in this church. You'd be raised in this church in Miss Heaven. You must be born again. You must personally invite Christ in your heart as your Savior and say, My faith is in him. I have no other hope, but he is God's gift of life. What a Savior he is. If you don't know him, receive him. And if you've not received him, ask yourself, why will I risk eternity on putting off a decision? Today is the day, not tomorrow. You'll forget the sermon within 20 hours. You'll forget it by the by the first half of the first game, I could care less who it is. So don't tell me. Forget everything you heard. Because the devil, he lives, he's got a seat at our back door. And as soon as you get out here, he says, what he's going to do, right, he's going to jump your mind. Soon as you get in the parking lot and start stealing everything I said about Jesus. And he's going to steal steal. He's a thief and a robber. What do you, He wants to rob you of Christ. He doesn't want you saved. He wants you to be religious. He wants you to be religious. That, that puts you in good standing. He wants you to be in the season, but he doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to receive Christ. If you don't, your eternity rests on whether you take Christ or not. What's been keeping you from really knowing him? You're here today, you came because you have family, friends. You've got a burden in your heart. But some of you, I'm afraid, wouldn't have passed this test. You don't know anything. You've got to start with knowing him. Amen. Start with knowing Jesus. Amen. What keeps you. Why not today? I want to pray that God would save you. Either here, there, but don't let you escape. That God has tracked you down to a Sunday morning service. And he's knocking. He's wanting you to receive his son. Father, apart from Jesus, we have no life. We have no forgiveness of sins. We have no hope. I pray for anyone here. I pray for family and relatives represented by this congregation. Their children, their grandchildren, their neighbors. Their mothers, fathers, aunts, uncle, their whole network of friends and contacts. Save, Lord, save. I, I uh, sometimes get bored myself with church without seeing someone saved. Who are you saving? Are you using us to reach anybody for Christ? We. We want, we're on radio. We, we run children's programs. We run youth programs. We, we meet here. We, we send money to missionaries. Save. Save. I don't want to be in the church business. I want to see people have eternal life. Come to Christ to have the scales fall off their eyes and be truly born in the family of God. Only you, Father, you're the source You're the source of the life. And we're born again of the living word of God. Only Jesus saves. Jesus, I beg of them to receive Christ today. And don't leave until their questions about tomorrow and eternity are answered. Please save today. For Jesus' sake. Amen.
1: Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available...